This is what you say in English. Every week, you will listen to Frank's professional advice on speaking for exam preparation or for your personal development. You will get valuable advice on how to use grammar, vocabulary, discourse, and pronunciation. This is Season 2, Episode 26. Hi and welcome to another episode of What You Say in English, the podcast in which I listen to you and give you my professional feedback. Today I have an IELTS mock exam. It's a student I had a couple of weeks ago. He paid for one-to-one classes. I actually gave him specialized training to take the IELTS exam. He is traveling to Australia. I think he's going to migrate to Australia. And he didn't know that he had to take the IELTS. If you don't know, by the way, governments like the Canadian government and also the Australian government, as well as the UK, of of course, they require for anybody who wants to uh, travel and live in in that country and work in in those two countries, they have to take the IELTS exam. Now, depending on what they want to do, they can take either the general training exam or the academic version of the exam. Sometimes if you want to do like further studies, like you want to do a postgraduate degree or even an undergraduate degree, you might be asked to take the academic. Now, I I promise I will make a a podcast episode in which I explain the differences between the, the two exams, but today's episode I have Javi, Javier. He's a very advanced student. Actually, he studied English philology at the university, and I think he was doing a postgraduate degree on teaching Spanish, and I think he was going to Australia to teach Spanish. He's originally from Spain, and he wanted to take, he had no idea about the exam. Luckily, he was required to get a 4.5. Now, for those of you who don't know, the IELTS exam is evaluated from zero points to nine points. And you can actually find on Google, I mean, you, by Googling, you can find the table of, of equivalences, you know, like that the correlation between the IELTS exams and the common European framework for languages, you know, that goes from A2 to C2 and also to the Cambridge exams. So getting a 4.5 is equivalent to a B1 which is the preliminary English test. It's a very simple test. And he, obviously, he had a higher level than that, but he needed to know what the exam was like and to get to know the exercises, what was required in those exercises, especially in the listening, because you can only listen to the recording once. And he's accustomed to listening to recordings twice, as in the Cambridge exams. And that's what we did. I mean, we basically did exam tasks and, you know, like getting him to know, to get acquainted with the exam. And in the final stage, we did this recording. And I asked him if I could use it for my podcast. And he said that he was more than happy to oblige. I mean, he was more than happy to share it with the rest of the world. So suffice to say that he is from Spain. His name is Javi. And he's actually very good. So today we're, we're going to have a deconstruction 
of the whole speaking in me giving comments on every single thing that he does. And of course, I would definitely award him if it was for me, I would basically award him between a 6.5 and a seven on the scale. So he is that good. I mean, he can reach to that level. So obviously he would get more than the 4.5 that he needed or he needs. He took the exam last week. So I, you know, in the meantime, as he's waiting for the results, I wish him the very best. And I know that he certainly, he must have done really well. Okay, so stay tuned and we're going to continue with the deconstruction of the IELTS exam speaking exam. We'll begin with part one. You remember that the exam is divided into three parts. So part one will be a personal interview with personal questions about the different things that you like, your hobbies, and, you know, things that you don't have to really give an opinion. You only have to state what is real for you, what you like, what you don't like, and your personal experiences. So without further ado, this is part one. Good morning. First of all, I would like to know something about you. What's your name? My name is Javier. Thank you. So let's talk about school days. Tell me something about your secondary school. Well, my secondary school was uh, being close to my house. So it was very uh, easy for me to get there. And I remember it was like the uh, hard times. But you know, I, I was a teenager and it was complicated. But yeah, it was also happy. We had cool times. I think generally in this case, I think he gives a very well-rounded answer. He is quite fluent and of course, way beyond the 4.5 that he needs. I would say between a 6.5 and a 7. He extends the answer. He has clear pronunciation and he uses vocabulary to talk about everyday things. I think in, in many ways, this is a good start. Let's continue. And which subject did you find most difficult at school? I'm not sure. I think probably maths, because uh, I prefer, you know, literature, letters. Yeah, so I definitely send in maths, yeah. So in this case, it's very important that you give an example and you explain why you like something. You always have to extend the answer and give a fuller answer. You have to justify it. But in this case, when he gave the example, he said that he found maths difficult that he preferred literature. And then he said letters. He said, I prefer, you know, literature letters. And that's a common mistake. I think he was translating from Spanish because in Spanish you would say that word, you would say letras as, as referring to literature. But in this case, letters is just, you know, it, it either refers to letters of the alphabet or a letter that you write, for example, to a friend. I would say that just words. Yes, that's what I would say. I would say words. Let's continue. And do you ever need maths now? No, not really. I just uh, handle myself. Yeah. How come? Well, I uh, had my father is quite good at maths and he, he helped me a lot to pass my exams. 
Well, if you paid attention, in this case, I asked him two questions, basically so he could extend the answer. When I asked him, do you ever need maths now? He said that not, not really. And then I asked him, how come? Basically, I did this so he could extend the answer. You remember that you have to extend the answer. You have to give fuller answers. The IELTS exam is very short. The speaking exam is very short. So the examiner needs to have as much evidence as possible of your performance, of your production. So they can come to a better judgment. If you produce very little, there is very little that the examiner can hold on to, to give you a higher mark. Remember, the examiner is there to help. Well, not to help you. They're not going to answer for you, but they will definitely help you develop, uh, do your best in the exam. But you cannot give like one-liners and expect the examiner to judge you, you know, very well. You have to really produce language. Okay, so let's continue. What did you enjoy about being a school student? I enjoyed the breaks. <laughs> I played football with my friends. Uh, not too much the classes. I mean, classes were, were so boring. But I spent uh, quite good time with my friends, yeah. I think in general, Javi has problems pronouncing the past ED endings. For example, he said, enjoy. I mean, the classes were so boring, but I spend quite a good time. So I think he has to be more emphatic with the past tenses, the endings, and whether they are regular or irregular verbs. I mean, it's understandable from context. Also, the word order is not very appropriate. For example, when he says, playing football with my friends, not too much the classes. We wouldn't say that normally. I mean, it would be a little inappropriate, like not really correct or common just to use a better expression. And in this case, for example, the examiner would probably not give him more than 6.5 in terms of grammar production, but this is just one instance. Okay, so let's continue. Now let's talk about buildings. Are there any famous buildings in your hometown? No, really. My hometown is uh, very small, but uh, we are very close to Madrid. So in Madrid, you can find uh, a lot of uh, beauties, a lot of monuments. It's a bit uh, inside really a beautiful city. I would say that the only inappropriate use was the word beauties. I think it's quite odd to refer to a building as a beauty. You could say that a building is a beauty. Oh, that's a, it's a beauty as, as, a, as an architectural piece, you know, element or whatever, but I wouldn't call a building a beauty. I, I think that's the only inappropriate use. I would say that the rest of the answer, even though it's in the limits of a short answer between a short and a middle range answer, I think he would have extended. He could have extended a little more. So let's continue. And what type of building do most people in your hometown live? Apartments, uh, small apartments. I mean, there are not big houses in, in my town. So yeah, apartments, flats, yeah. Do you live in a house or an apartment? Apartment, yeah. Was it your decision to live there? Well, yeah, I, I cannot afford a bigger house, <laughs> so. Should buildings be attractive to look at? Probably, I'm not sure, but yeah, I, I think it's a good thing to have a good view in the street, you know, 
to see beautiful buildings. Uh, it's going to be very positive to the city to have a beautiful landscape. And what is the most unusual building that you have seen? Unusual building? Uh, maybe when I was uh, living in Barcelona, uh, I used to pass through the Sagrada Familia. It's very strange. Uh, and yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know, it's like, uh, it is deformed. Yeah. After this question, I moved on to another topic, but I would like to comment on a few things. He always, he doesn't try to extend the answers. I have to continue asking, you know, like backup questions so he can extend a little bit more. For example, when I asked him about the kind of building, like which type of building most people lived, I mean, he would say that apartments, there are not big houses. And if I, when I asked him, like, do you live in a house or an apartment? He said apartment. And I asked him another question to elaborate a little bit on that. And then he said that he couldn't afford. And I think he gave a better answer when he talked about the question about buildings being attractive to look at, I would say. And he made a, a tiny mistake when he said it's going to be very positive to the city to have a beautiful landscape. We don't use landscape in that sense. We would probably say the view, the, the I would say the view, basically when you have a nice view from your flat or apartment. And when I asked him about the most unusual building, he said that it was the Sagrada Familia, the sacred family, which is a very famous building. It's a church in Barcelona. And he said that it was a little bit deformed. I would say that's not very appropriate to, you know, to call a building like that deformed. Basically you could say that it's misshaped or that the lines or I don't know, I think he could have used more sophisticated language, especially when describing things, especially architecture. I think it would be a very good chance to really showcase high level vocabulary. I would say that he always kept it in the realm of the basic stuff. I would say that it's, you know, between the five, the six, well, more than a six, basically, but he was doing great. And again, I was not too worried when we were doing it, the, the, this exam, this mock exam, I was not very worried about it because he basically needs a 4.5 and getting that is not really that challenging in the exam. If you have a good level, of course, in his case, he has a reasonably good level and I was not very worried about it. Okay. So let's continue with the following topic. It's about films. Now let's talk about films. How often do you go to the cinema? Oh. It's been a long time since my last uh, time, so uh, I don't know. I'm not, I don't usually go to the cinema. Do you prefer to watch a film at the cinema or at home? At home. Yeah, definitely at home because I am more comfortable. It's with my girlfriend or with my friends. Just maybe eating something, you know, relaxing. We can just focus on film. But the cinema is very, very expensive, I think. So it's so worth it. This is a better quality of answers. Definitely. He's not only extending, he's actually using very good vocabulary. He says, for example, that staying with his girlfriend or friends, just eating something, relaxing, focus on the film. Also, he said the cinema is very expensive. It's not worth it. Okay. So in this case he's extending and he's not only extending, he's using very good vocabulary. His pronunciation is also 
very clear. I would say that in terms of pronunciation, he wouldn't have much problem to really meet that seven. He said he wanted a seven, so I'm, let's see how he does. I'm, I will probably be hearing from him. Okay, so let's continue. Which film from your childhood do you remember the most? Oh, uh, I could say The Lord of the Ring. I remember when I was young, I went to the cinema with my parents and my pastors, and I was literally shocked by that film, the soundtrack, the monsters. It was something that marked in my life. <laughs> this is crazy because I, I, I basically was, I was still an adult when, when I saw the, this film at the cinema, I was a young adult, of course, but it was quite a few years ago, but I, still, I remember it as not as if, as if it was yesterday, but I do remember it when I saw it. I remember that was the same year in which the first Harry Potter film was released. And now regarding the answer, I would say that it was quite good. I would say that I still, he's ha he has some problems with the final ending of words. He says, Lord of the Ring. It's not ring, rings, but that's a tiny thing. And uh, he says that, remember when I was young, I went to the cinema with my parents and my classmates. I was literally shocked. I would, I like that. I mean, I like that he used literally to emphasize. This is not something that a person at a, at a B1 or B2 level would say. I would say that a person from advanced level would say the soundtrack, the monsters, it was something that marked my life. So I, I love that collocation marked my life. This is the quality that I'm talking about. This is the quality answer that he needs to provide all the time. So he has some flashes in which you can see, you can tell that he's got an advanced level, but you know, he needs to get a nudge at that a little bit. Okay. So let's continue. And what is your favorite film now? I would say the Love of the Ring. Because it was very, very special for me. It's one of the characters are Sort of absolutely brilliant, really interesting. And the story in the background, I, uh, when I grew up, I read the books. And I think it's a perfect uh, representation. This was the last question. And I think he, still he missed the rings, the S in the rings, but I think it was a great answer. It's, he said that it was absolutely brilliant, very interesting. So those collocations with the adverbs and, and the adjectives, I think they were good. He also talked about the story, the background, you know, he said that he read the books. It was a perfect representation. So I think you, you would say that it's a, it's a good answer, not really a deep answer as a, and remember, remember that if you don't get to the level, for example, a higher level, like 7.5 or eight. You have to think about the answer that you give. It has to be very well extended, well thought of and well constructed and quite deep in a way. So, you know, that, that's, that's what he provided. So remember that you have to provide, you have to offer more so that the examiner can give you more. Okay. So this is the end of part one. Stay tuned because we're going to continue with part two.
In part one, as you could hear, the examiner will ask a lot of interview questions. The questions will be about personal things, hobbies, things to do, things you like doing. Basically, all the questions will be about your personal life and how you do things on a daily basis. They will ask you familiar things. And as you can see, the difficulty goes in crescendo. I mean, it goes increasing. And in part two, it's what we call the long turn. And it's very similar to the Cambridge exams. I mean, in the Cambridge exams, you know that you have an individual long turn. And in that long turn, you have to describe pictures or you have to do an activity with related to visual material, to some photographs. But in the IELTS exam, you receive a card. And in that card, you are given a situation that you have to talk about for around one minute. You have some time to prepare. So after that time to prepare, you have to speak nonstop until the examiner says thank you. So that's basically what you have to do. And, and you have some prompts in the card. In the card, this has some bullet points. In the episode description, you will see the question in part, in this part. Okay, so let's, let's start. Now we're moving to part two. I'm going to give you a card and you will have one minute to prepare. And then you will have to speak for about one to two minutes. And here's your card. So you have one minute to prepare and from one to two minutes to speak. And don't worry if I interrupt you, okay? You can start. Yeah, a story that I found uh, uh, interesting was the story of two friends that went to the forest on a camping, uh, camping day and they uh, get lost. They were like lost for two or three days. And uh, well, uh, the news said that one of them is still lost and the other one survived and he like uh, tell everything to police and all this stuff. And well, they are looking for, they're still looking for the, the lost guy. And well, it's like, it's very shocking because I used to go on this kind of camping adventures. So yeah, I, I was very shocked. And, uh, well, I think it's very interesting because it, it can happen to everyone. I think it's a very common thing to do, to go to the forest with, with your friends. So yeah, it was, uh, quite shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say. In this case, Javi spoke for a little over a minute and I think it was enough. Generally, I would say that he didn't try to use very elevated vocabulary. I know that he wanted to get a seven, but I would say that if he wants to get a seven, he needs to push up his level a little bit, a little more than the typical expressions. I think in, in general terms with familiar language, he wouldn't have much problem at least to get the 4.5 he wanted, I mean, he needed. And on the other hand, in terms of grammar, I would say that he sticks to the present tenses. It's not very clear whether the story already happened or the story was in progress by the time he was telling, telling it, when, when he was uh, telling me about it. I'm, I'm not really sure. So at, at moments, for example, I felt that he was using past simple, but in most of the time he was using present tenses. So I'm, it was not clear whether the story 
was something in the past. So I think he needs to be a little more consistent when it comes to tenses, the, the consistency of tenses. I would say that in terms of vocabulary, it was just normal. It was okay. Basically for a 6.5, his fluency is okay. I think he is accustomed to speaking English and there is some good use of, you know, connected speech sometimes. And also the intonation is, is okay. And, and generally I would say that it's okay, but you can feel that he was struggling a little bit. And some, for example, when he said the, the police and all this stuff, for example, the, the sentence he said, the news said that one of them is still lost and the other one survived. And he like tell everything to the police and all this stuff. So the use of this stuff and also the mixing of tenses using present simple because he like tell everything to the police. It's not tell, it's told or tells. So there's control. It's a lack of control in terms of grammar. I would say that it was satisfactory basically to get a 6 or a 6.5, but I think he needs a little, a little more. I asked him a few follow-up questions just to round up this long turn. Let's continue. Do you think the story was interesting? Yeah, it's interesting. One, uh, it's simple. But at the same time, it's interesting because uh, that can happen to you. So yeah, it's like you kind of feel familiarized with uh, with the story, and you see the the guy telling the story. He was very really afraid. He was uh, looking for for his friend. So yeah, it was very shocking, very interesting. So well, I I think he used quite basic vocabulary here. Apart from the expression "feel familiarized." with something in this case it was it was the story the guy telling the story that's he also said that in it's a way of reduced clause you know like we say the guy doing this the guy telling the story the guy so that kind of reduced phrase i think it's quite effective he was very afraid he was looking for his friend i think he tends to have short utterances short phrases without extending too much. I think in terms of grammatical extension, I think he needs a little bit more. Again, this is to get the seven points that he wanted, he was aspiring to get. Let's continue. Apart from you, did other people read or hear about the story? Yeah, it was uh, at the news, so I think everyone knows about that. But you know, we have, uh, nowadays we have just too much information. So maybe a lot of people just cannot remember or just forget about that. But yeah, I still remember. Again, apart from the wrong preposition at the beginning, he said it was at the news and we normally say it's, it was on the news. The rest of the answer is actually quite good. I think he extended and expressed a very satisfactory answer to the question. So I would say that, yes, I mean, this, this answer was, was good. Let's continue. Did it happen a long time ago? Um, I think one month or something like that. Very recent. And again here, I think he could have extended more. I think he could have said, for example, what other things he was doing by the time. Normally when we recall actions, things in the past, we normally associate them with other events, even if they're not really important events. If you say something like, I remember it because I was doing this, or it was during the time I was blah, blah, blah. So using those expressions would definitely showcase a little more of your grammatical control because you would have to link to past activities. 
So this was the end of part two. Part three, you will hear that it's related to the same topic that we discussed in part two. So stay tuned. This is the last part of the exam. And as I said before, it is basically a continuation on the same topic, but the questions will be more about opinion than factual information. It's about what you think and how you can offer insights into, your, into you, the way you can process abstract ideas, more complex ideas. And of course, this is more difficult than in part one or part two. As I told you, it goes in crescendo. It goes, you know, increasing the level of difficulty. Okay. So I asked a few questions related to the news. And so let's take a listen. Now let's talk about reading newspapers. When do people like to read newspapers? Maybe in the morning when they uh, wake up, they just take a look at the newspapers because um, they want to be informed of the news and how important is it for people to have a choice of newspapers? I think it's very important because if we only uh, have, if we only have one, news, one newspaper, one uh, source of information, it would be very easy for the, for the newspaper to manipulate that information and to um, manipulate your mind. Maybe they can make you think as they want to, you to do. So it's very important to have different points of view. I like the answer to the second question more than the one in the first, because the first one was not really fully developed. He basically restricted himself into, you know, like answering the question in a very short way. The second one is very elaborate and he gives several reasons as to why there's a, it's important to have a choice on newspapers. And I think he gave, I, I know that the relevance, well, not the relevance, I would say that the depth of thinking and, and the ideas behind, I know they're not assessed, they're not evaluated, but the, the depth of, in which you can use the language. Yes. So I think he used wonderful collocations. So for example, he said, manipulate the, the information, manipulate your mind. They can make you think as they want. So quite a few structures. And this is the, this is, I always tell my students to extend as much as possible. So you can showcase all the good vocabulary and all the good grammar that you already know. So let's continue. And what does a good newspaper contain? I think a good newspaper contain objective information, but also I think it's very difficult to find objective information because every the newspaper is written by a person. So it's going to be subjective. Uh, it's very difficult to find real information, but yeah, I think they, they should try to be objective. Good. So his answer was about objectivity and he could have said a lot more actually he, and this was a very good opportunity to really showcase more advanced vocabulary. But I think he gave an honest response and he followed a structure. For example, he started with an introductory sentence and then he went back to the same topic again. This is great for speakers that you can, despite you can deviate from the topic and then you can mention extra things, 
the capacity to always go back to the main point will, people will appreciate it and the examiner will too. Remember that there's this passive recency effect. People tend to remember the beginning or the end of long speeches, for example. And in terms of presentations, when you give a presentation, you tend to remember the beginning and the end. You know that the, the middle stuff is important to get to the end, but more often than not, good presenters leave the, the less interesting bits of information in the middle. So the beginning and the end, they are very important and people usually remember them more than the, the, what happened in the middle. So I think he's doing, he's following a great structure and, and in organization of ideas. So let's continue. Now let's talk about the future of newspapers. Why do some people choose to read the news on the internet rather than in a newspaper? Well, I think it's uh, far more easy. It's far easier. Uh, you can just uh, get access to a lot of different newspapers, different, different kinds of uh, news, just with, with one click. So I definitely think that it's going to be the future of, of newspapers, just the, the online format. In this question, for example, Javi used a repair strategy. He said, it's far more easy, even though it's not incorrect. I mean, you can actually say it. He said, it's far easier, which is very good. That's great control right there. He just forgot about it and then he corrected himself. And then he talked about the different kinds and a lot of different newspapers and different kinds of news with one click. So I, I think the answer needed just a tiny, tiny bit of development, but I would say that in general, it was a, it was a nice satisfactory question. Let's continue. How does the internet news differ from the news you read in the newspaper? Well, I think they are more direct. They just go to the straight to the point because they want to shock you and they want to clickbait you. So yeah, I think that's the, the main difference. They just need your attention. So in common. He used a wonderful expression, which is clickbait you. To clickbait, you know what a clickbait is basically a lie just to intrigue a person into clicking into, you know, a link and then go to a website because people get paid by the visits, you know, they get online. So I think he constructed a really rounded up answer. I would say again that he could have extended and I mean, for crying out loud, extension is the way to go. I mean, extending your answer will definitely get you far. And I would say that that was the only thing that I felt was lacking. But in terms of pronunciation and in vocabulary here, I think, I think he outdid himself. Will the internet news ever replace newspapers? Yeah, I think uh, that's what's going to happen. That's inevitable. Uh, so yeah, I think it's better for the environment also because newspaper is, uh, consuming a lot of paper. So I think it's a positive thing and the online newspapers will replace uh, the paper. I would say that this is a good answer. Despite having a wrong collocation, he said that it's inevitable. So it's better for the environment also because newspapers consume paper. 
and that's awkward. It's definitely not standard English. We don't say consume paper in this case, so it's not a right Caucasian. So let's continue. And do you think that will happen soon? I think it's happening right now. Yeah. So we, maybe in uh, 10 years from now, you cannot find the uh, newspaper, physical newspapers. So I think it was a logical answer, a little short, but for my taste and for the exam, but it was a, it was a thoughtful answer. And this was the end of the test. Basically we didn't continue. Actually, he was, he was getting tired because he, he was doing a lot of things and he had done some mock other parts of the IELTS, but in, in mock as a mock exam. And then we had to do the speaking. It, he was a little tired, so I can totally understand it. So this was the, the last part. So this was the end of today's episode. I think Javi did a great job and you could hear he was, he always gave honest answers. And I think he, he doesn't, he never sounded very pretentious. Of course he wanted to get a seven. That was the aim in at the end. And I, I think he has what it takes to get a seven, but I think he has to play by the rules. You know, sometimes you, it, it doesn't really matter the level you have, as long as you know the exam. You know, you know it inside out, you know what you have to do, what is expected of you. I think you will get better chances to getting a high score. And again, he did fantastically well, I would say, despite all the tiny little things and the, the lack of extension, that was his main problem. I would say that he definitely, he will get more than the way more than what he needed to go to Australia. So, and again, if you want to do a mock speaking for the IELTS, just let me know and we can have a chat. We can record it on Zoom. It's going to be only voice. I can actually not say your name or, you know, I can keep you private, whatever. And remember that I'm still preparing for the advanced and proficiency course that I'm organizing for August, for the middle of this year, for, you know, by the, the end of the summer. Okay. So. I am packed with a lot of ideas. I'm packed with at so little time to do them. So, you know, you have, you have to, I have to do what I have to do, but I'm still with you. I'm still here and you're there with me listening to my podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. So have a great weekend and until next week. Bye-bye.